you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Very honored to be here. What a blast. What a blast I've had this week. I'll be back next week as well. Not to preach, but just to be here. (laughs) Brother Jordan's like, oh. (laughs) No. I'm kidding. I've had that that good of a time. And so thank you for putting up with me. I hope I hadn't ticked you off. If I did, you can pray through. Praise God. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Um, let me get there because I don't have mine typed out here. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. I want to talk to you tonight about the maturity of the mustard seed. Praise God. Father, we thank you for your great power in this place tonight. We thank you for everything you've done this week, what you have done before we ever started this week, what you're going to do continuing tomorrow through the future of this church. Tonight, 
There's been a demonstration of your power already. There's been Holy Ghost breakthrough already. God, our flesh may be a little bit weary, but Lord, I believe there's more that you want to do in this place tonight. There are miracles in this house. There's salvation in this house. And I pray, God, that you would help us to receive the word of God. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, this passage of Scripture arguably has been probably one of the most preached passages in Scripture, and there's probably nothing new that we can learn about it. But I think when we stop and consider the reality of the amount of faith that Peter had to have had to step out of the boat that night. First of all, is there anybody here tonight that has ever walked on water? Please stand. Nor have I. I would find it difficult to walk on the water in the middle of the day with the sun shining 72 degrees outside and the water smooth as glass. But the Bible tells us it was in the fourth watch of the night, which means that it was somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Jesus had just finished a prayer meeting, and one of the Gospels said that Jesus came walking on the water, and he would have passed them by. Matthew says that when they saw Jesus, they thought that it was a ghost. And Peter cried out to him and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus simply said, come. Now, we talk about these stories, and we learn them in Sunday school. We preach about them, we sing about them, and we converse about them, and oh yeah, I've heard that story many, many times. But the magnitude of what happened with Peter walking on the water is just absolutely more than I can wrap my mind around. It's just simply, I think I would pass out. if I saw Jesus walking on the water. And then I think I would push Brother Lytle to the front of the boat and say, ask him if he'll let you come out there. If you survive, I'm right behind you, bud. <laughs> it's in the middle of the night. The winds are howling. And the waves and the boat is rocking. They're already terrified from the storm itself. And now Peter is going to ratchet up the intensity of the situation by saying, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Now, the Bible doesn't say that when he stepped out of the boat that the storm ceased. It doesn't say the wind quit, quit howling. It doesn't say the, the waves settled down and the sea of 
Galilee there just turned to glass. The storm was still raging. So the amount of faith, I, I, I can't even think about the amount of faith that it took Peter to step out of that boat. But he did. We don't know how many steps that he took. We just knew, know at some point from the time he got out of the boat before he could get to Jesus, but apparently he was almost to Jesus because all Jesus had to do was reach out his hand and take him by the hand and pull him back up. Now, so we're all on the same page. It, it, it took an amazing amount of faith for him to get out of the boat. But it is Jesus' response to him that absolutely just makes me want to go crawl in a hole somewhere and say, what is wrong with me? Because Jesus doesn't look at him and say, Peter, you have no faith. That would have been bad. But he looks at him and he says, O thou of little faith. Now, we, we have a problem here because that's exactly what we preach is little faith. Matter of fact, we sing songs about it. We used to sing that song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot just use what you got. And I'm here to tell you tonight why I think that's a lie. Because, because we live in the realm of little faith, and yet none of us have even walked on water yet. We're not even sure that Jesus can heal a hangnail. But Peter walked on water and Jesus rebuked him. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm walking on water, son, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm kicking, I'm kicking the water off. Look at me, baby, I'm walking. But then he began to look around at the wind of the waves. Now, I know you know this story. Just, just give me a minute. And he began to sink. So the analogy is, take your eyes off Jesus, get it on the opposition, and you sink. Now, he had his eyes on Jesus when he got out of the boat. He had his eyes out on Jesus when he took the first step. He had his eyes on Jesus when he realized, I'm standing on top of water here. But somehow between that moment and before he could get all the way to Jesus, which would have been the completion of the miracle, he began to sink. Now, to me, there is no redeemable value for a person to walk on water. To me, it's just showing off. To me, it feels like a little bit of pride on Peter's part. But for some reason, 
Jesus has an undeniable response to faith. And when there is such a level of crazy faith that has the audacity to dare and ask Jesus, I know nobody's ever done this. And I know you have never bid anybody come and walk on the water with you. I I know that you are exercising dominion over nature. And I, and I don't really know what my motive is here. What I do want to know is if you can do it, I want to know if you'll let me do it. And there was no reason for it other than to demonstrate that Jesus had power over nature. But what I glean from the story is, is that faith is so powerful that it has the ability to to transcend the laws of nature. And Jesus places more emphasis on faith than the laws of nature. Help me preach. And he gets rebuked. It says, Peter, oh thou of little faith. Now, there's some people in this building tonight. You don't have to raise your hand. I just know. I know because I know people, and I know because I've been in ministry for a few minutes, and I understand that there are some people that when they have been prayed for, either this week or in times past, there was a miracle. It it was definitely a miracle. I mean, there was no doubt about the fact that it was a miracle. I mean, when it happened, everybody in the building knew that it was a miracle, that there was no physical way that it could have happened any other way, and there was a miracle. But somewhere between the time the first step uh, stepped out of the boat and stood on top of the water, and the miracle was declared... And before the final completion of the miracle, something happened. And the ground beneath you began to cave. And you began to sink. And you wondered, what happened to my miracle? Now, according to Jesus here, if I understand this correctly, It's not little faith because it only took a little faith for him to get out of the boat. It's little faith because his faith did not last to the completion of God's plan. If Jesus said come, he didn't mean come two or three steps. He said, if it's you, bid me come. That means, uh, Peter, if you're going to get out of the boat, don't just stop where you are. You keep your eyes on me until you get all the way to where I am. Now, if we can get to the place where miracles begin to happen, one of our biggest problems is that somehow this miracle that we had now is not a miracle anymore. The sickness has returned. The problem has returned. Something has gone awry. And we start rationalizing. Maybe it was never a miracle in the first place. Maybe we just imagined that. Maybe we got too excited. Help me preach tonight. Maybe the preacher just got a little excited and we got we got caught up in a frenzy. There was some euphoric moment happened here and we were in a dream world and we were caught up in the third heaven and maybe we just imagined that it took place but it really did not happen. What I can tell you is the faith that it takes you to be healed is the faith 
faith that it takes you to stay healed. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead and praise him. How many miracles have been surrendered? We're headed somewhere. How many miracles have been surrendered? How many cancers were healed but cancers returned? How many diseases left but the disease returned? How many organs started working but then the organ went back to the way it was before prayer was made? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Paul said, I go from faith to faith. It is a walk of faith. It's not a moment of faith. It is a walk of faith. And the difference between little faith and great faith is that little faith receives a miracle, but, but in the end, somehow, what was intended to happen never fully comes to pass. But great faith says, he healed me today. That means I'll be healed tomorrow. And that means I'll be healed next week. That means I'll be healed next year. Now, the church, the church is a, is a master at apologizing for Jesus' limitations. Poor old Jesus, he, he is so limited. He can only do a miracle on Sunday night when we're worked up in a frenzy where the choir has sang powerful songs and somebody has gotten the mic and hollered and the whole church gathered around and angels' wings were, were brushing up against us and seraphims were flying through the air. But once Monday comes, honey, God, Jesus, is not powerful enough to sustain the miracle. Our mind, we go to bed, the Holy Ghost wears off. We come out from under the anointing. We start thinking in the real world now and we start wondering that that really happened or was I imagining that but every single day you got to get up when your feet hit the ground and say Jesus I was healed in the month of February 2018 and next year I'll still be healed and the next year I will still be healed because that faith that got me healed is the same faith that's going to keep me healed Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Now, in Matthew chapter 17, in verse 19, the Bible said, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Watch this now. And Jesus said, look at the screen. Jesus said, because it's not my will. He said, because of your unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. Now, unbelief means to waver. It means to hesitate. Or be uncertain. That's why you got to make up in your mind tonight. I don't care how many times I'm going to repeat some of the things I've said right here, but in this context. I don't care how many times you've been prayed for before. I don't care how many times you've been healed of the same thing before. See, see, we get healed and then something come, starts coming back the other direction. 
And instead of saying, whoa, whoa, devil, out of who, who do you think you are? I don't know who you think you are. We cast you out three nights ago. We got rid of you last week. We, we cursed you a month ago. You, you were dead one year ago. I don't know who you are coming back into my life trying to make me think that God didn't do it. Instead of doing that, we say, maybe I wasn't healed in the first place. Because what the devil is doing, he's a liar. And he's a slow fox. And he's trying to undo the faith that you had when you got healed. He's trying to get you to believe in his lie. I'm going to tell you right now. I believe the word of God. It's forever settled. Why could not we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, watch this, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. He did not say, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. He said, if you have faith as a grain of of mustard seed. In other words, uh, when your faith acts like the mustard seed, you shall say into this mountain, help me, Holy Ghost, right now. Remove hence to yonder place and it shall be removed. Somebody, I heard the preacher say it this morning. Somebody is going to move a mountain once and for all. For some reason, you've been moving mountains uh, and, and then they come back and they're little molehills within the next couple of months uh, and they grow back up in the mountains. Uh, but when your faith becomes as a grain of mustard seed. Now we find the behavior of the mustard seed in Matthew chapter 13 verse 31. When Jesus said another parable put he forth unto them saying the kingdom of God is like unto a grain of mustard seed. Which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds. Everybody say it's the least. But when it is grown, but when it is grown, it is the greatest <laughs> among herbs and becometh a tree. The problem is, is we're trying to move mountains with a seed. And we're not letting our faith grow up. And we're not letting our faith mature. How does that boy help me right now? How does our faith mature? You may tell you how your faith matures. You get your brains knocked out and you survive. You, you didn't hear what I said. The way your faith grows is God steps back every once in a while and he says, devil, take your best shot. And when the devil takes his best shot and you survive and you still got your praise on, when you come out of that valley, your faith is going to be stronger than it was when you walked in. I wish I had somebody preach with me here tonight. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him right now. Be seated. Say, I, I don't believe that. All right. 
Well, let's look how it says it in Luke chapter 17, verse 5. The apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. We're having a problem with our faith. They brought somebody to us with devils and we couldn't cast them out. He told them in Matthew, it's because your faith is not like the mustard seed. You're not letting your faith grow up, boys. You're not understanding what I'm telling you. You don't have a revelation of what God's power is really all about. So they said, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. In other words, this is how you increase your faith. You know why I come to church? You know why I don't throw in the towel? You know why, you know, you, 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 you know why that I don't quit preaching what I'm preaching? You want to know why that I keep reading the Bible? You want to know why that I'm submitted to an elder and a pastor? You want to know why that I don't give up on this thing? Because my faith is stronger now than it was 25 years ago. And if the devil thought, if the devil thought he was in trouble 25 years ago, he ain't got, he ain't got a chance in his own house now. And guess what? I don't like trials. I don't like tribulations. I don't like valleys. I don't like walking through storms. I don't like being attacked by people. I don't like being gossiped about. I don't like having financial issues. I don't like going through some of the challenges of life. And sometimes I fuss about them. I know you can't believe that. Sometimes I just fuss about it. And I, you're not y'all because I see all your halos out there, but me, I have said stuff like this ain't fair. This is not, I'm, I've said stuff like, I ain't, I'm tired of this. I'm sick of this. I'm ready for this to be over. I know y'all all are fluttering around, like, little angels and all. But me, I got flesh. And I've had serious conversations with God about some of the junk I've been through. And some of the conversations sound like this. Hey, God, when is this going to be over? Do you mind telling me? If I just wouldn't, if I could just know when it's going to be over. And God looks at me and says, if you knew when it was going to be over, you wouldn't need faith to get through it. So this is what I've learned. When all hell's breaking loose. When the world's coming apart at the seams, when everything seems to be going awry, something comes in my mind that says, hold your ground, stand fast, hold your head up, square your shoulders, don't quit praying, but double down on your praying. Because when this is all over with, the devil doesn't know it, but you're going to be stronger in your faith than you were six months ago. He thinks that he has the power to kill you, but all he's doing is causing your faith to mature. What a humiliating statement, you know? What a humiliating statement. Peter, that's you. Bid me come.
standing on top of the water. Anybody got a swimming pool? When the ice melts, go out there and walk on it. And then hear Jesus saying to you after you walk on it, Oh, thou of little faith. Our problem, our problem is that we have to be worked up to believe. We've, we've got to be pumped full. Preach to me, preacher. And a man gets up here and throws his lungs out on the pulpit. And these ministers on the platform get up here and they throw their lungs out on the pulpit. Screaming. Preaching because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And let me tell you something. If you've ever been around a dead preacher, he's not a preacher. Because ain't nobody dead deserves to preach about life. Ain't nobody dead deserves to preach about the living word and about what God is able to do. If he can't even be a little bit undignified and get out of his little aloof, arrogant, little posturing, just, oh, look at me in the pulpit performing for the church, that ain't a real preacher. you got a real preacher up here. You've got real preachers on that platform. And the reason they preach with such passion, help me Holy Ghost right now. The reason they preach with such passion is because when you take this mic and you open that book and you stand behind that pulpit, there's something called the anointing that gets on you from your head to your toe. And what I'm preaching about right now is not an encyclopedia. It's not a history lesson. This is not a dictionary sermon. This is life. I'm preaching faith in you. And I'm telling you, if you were healed this week, you're going to stay healed. I'm going to say it again just to make the devil mad. If you were healed this week, you're going to stay healed. Now watch. You got you to be careful about surrounding yourself with unbelievers. Job's comforters coming around. How you feeling? You still feeling okay? You hadn't had any of those symptoms come back, have you? Are you sure you're healed? Man, that was really a big old miracle with lupus. Are you sure that you could? That's a that's a big miracle. I'm one of those seed believers. You need to hush until your seed grows up into a tree. If you, if you want to get around somebody and take your little seed of faith, we take our little seed of, oh, I'm going to have fun. Y'all are in trouble tonight. We take our little seed of faith tonight. And before we can get to the person, it's a seed of unbelief. Because we're immature. You know how to, you know how to uh, uh, distinguish immature people? They pout about everything. 
They complain about everything. They speak negative about everything and everybody. They're immature. They're insecure. And so they got to tear everybody down. And you got people with insecure faith in the body of Christ that think they got to tear everybody else's faith down because God hadn't done it for them yet. Guess what? If you're a seed believer and you get prayed for and you don't see it happen, do it again. Because that seed at some point is going to come up through the soil and turn into a sapling. And that sapling is going to turn into a tree. Now, you tell me, I'm not the smartest brick in the wheelbarrow, but you tell me something. If Jesus would let Peter walk on water for no obvious reason, don't you think that he could just walk up to somebody and would walk up to somebody with cancer and just say, and just pull it out? No. No, because Jesus is fickle. You know him. He's kind of moody. He's sometimes he's manic depressive. He, if it's one of those services where Jesus is depressed, you can go up there after the second or third song and get prayer, but probably nothing's going to happen because Jesus only does it on his birthday. I'm sorry, we, we don't ever think like that, except for that's what we think. That's exactly what we think. Watch, watch, we call, come here, brother. No, no, come here. Uh, no, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid to pick on somebody. Here, I'll pick on you. You were praying good and you're spiritual. No, here, yeah, here, stand right up there. All right, so I come, from, come up for prayer. Stand right here. No, 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 you're right there and you're right there. You come up for prayer and I'm coming up to my favorite preacher because he's powerful. Because my, my favorite preacher has great faith. And I don't have any faith. And so he can just zap me. And so I'm coming up to my favorite preacher. And all of a sudden something gets on this guy. And before you know it, his hand's coming up in the air. And he's going, He's got that electricity going through him. And the Holy Ghost says, lay hands on him now and I'll heal him. And so I'm coming up to my favorite preacher. And the Holy Ghost hits him and he gets his hand he gets his hand up. No, one hand up like you're going to pray for somebody. He gets his one hand up in the air. And I look over and go, oh. Because he's not my favorite preacher. It ain't Jesus that's fickle. It's us. It ain't Jesus that's respecter of people. It's us. It ain't Jesus that has problems with faith. It's us. Jesus is ready to say, come. If you have enough faith to walk on the water, come. But don't you take two steps out of the boat and get your eyes on the problem. I know this don't make any sense. Can I ask you something? Do you want to live? You want to live? 
I want you to say this with me. I shall live and not die. Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. Come. Jesus, is that you? Bid me to be healed. Be healed. Say it again. I shall live. Come on the aisle. I shall live and not die. Devil, you're a liar. I shall live and not die. It's the will of God for me to live. Somebody say it. You shall live and not die. Say it. You shall live and not die. Because this is where the majority of the crowd gets left in the boat. Only people with crazy faith have the faith to get out of the boat and say, I'm tired of being in a ship. I want to walk on water. what I believe is in this house tonight I feel crazy miracles in this place tonight if God can raise the dead honey your hangnail ain't a problem for Jesus come on let's praise him come on let's praise him right now Come on, let's praise him right now. That's it. Come on. That's it right there. Come on. Be healed in the name of Jesus right now. You be healed in the name of Jesus. Come on. You do need a whole lot. But if you got a whole lot, use what you got. 
can't have a whole lot of doubt and a little faith and get a miracle. But if you can get rid of your doubt and let your faith grow up, Tell him to get his wife and come up here. Now I told you last Sunday night, I couldn't take my eyes off y'all. I told you when you came down here, you were the first ones that I had my eyes on when I was looking for people that needed a miracle. I don't remember what I said to you that night. Maybe you do. I don't know. But let me tell you something. We don't get to pick our storms. And we don't get to pick our valleys. And the minute we decide to do the work of God, there's a gigantic target that's painted on our back. And the devil just poof, 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 poof. The fiery darts of the wicked just keep on. And just plumless, plumless, plumless. About the time we catch our breath. About the time we think the coast is clear. All of a sudden, here comes the storm brewing again. But let me tell you something. Peter didn't sink because of the storm. Peter sunk because he didn't keep his eyes on Jesus. And the devil's a master of distraction. He wants to get us glancing over here. What? What was that? What? He didn't sink because of the storm. And the storm... Did not end when Peter stepped out of the boat. I'm going to tell you something to the Holy Ghost. God is fixing to take your level of faith to a place that it's never gone before. It is fixing to take your level of faith to a place that it's never gone before. And I can't tell you the storm is about to be over right this second. What I can tell you is when the storm is still raging, you're still going to be on top of the water. You're one of those get out of the boat people. But the devil has beat you and attacked you and, and waylaid you. And I'm telling you right now, God knows where you're at. God knows who you are. And he is the great physician. Now, let me tell you something else. Peter did sink. Peter did sink. Peter got rebuked. Peter had a lapse in faith. Peter questioned the whole scenario. But Jesus just reached down. And he didn't say, you can't be my disciple anymore. He didn't say, Peter, your ministry's over. He didn't say, Peter, you're an embarrassment. He didn't say any of that. He, says, he just said, oh, thou of little faith. And he picked him up. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Wherefore didst thou doubt? Don't ever doubt. And I'm going to tell you, when you and Jesus, when Jesus decides it's time to get back in the boat, instead of out here in all this vulnerability place, when they step back in, the Bible said that the wind ceased. Sometimes the storm is out there just to see if we'll come out in the middle of the storm and do something that we believe is impossible. I'm telling you right now, I ask you that question for a reason. 
Because every day you're going to remind the devil and remind Jesus it's the will of God for me to live and not die. Now, here's the next question. Do you believe it's the will of God for you to live healthy? Then open your mouth and say, I shall live healthy and not die. I'm not trying to work y'all up. The Holy Ghost is doing something right now. Now, God is a God is a master. He's a master at leaving situations in the midst of us that seem impossible so that he can see where we're going to put our faith. There is nothing that we can, we're not going to put our faith in the shifting sands of this world. We are going to get a hold of something here tonight. You need more than a little bit of faith. You need more than a seed of faith. You coming to you coming to church every once in a while and sitting near the back with your arms folded and not participating, or you being right in the thick of things and getting caught up in the emotion, but never strengthening your faith. If you're going through financial difficulty, you're going to remind the devil tonight that the Lord is my provider, and I'm not intimidated by you. I have been called to be a blessing to the kingdom and therefore God is going to bless the works of my hand. Let your faith grow up. If you're going through financial difficulties, lift your hands and say, God, I trust you. Come on, I didn't hear you. God, I trust you with everything in me. You supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My faith is not in the U.S. government. My faith is not in the banking system. My faith is not on Wall Street. My faith is not even in what my hands can do. You are my provider. And therefore, I am blessed to be a blessing. I believe it tonight, tomorrow, next week, Next month, two years from now, because my faith is strong now, and it's going to be strong two years from now. Now I want you to shout. Because the blessings of the Lord are about to be released in this place. I speak blessings on this congregation. I speak miracles of finance upon this congregation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is moving right now. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. Now, I don't know what it looks like for you. I didn't kill the spirit a minute ago. That spirit is still here. And that anointing is still here. Right now, I want you to back up about two steps or three steps. And if you're ready... For God to take you into a place of crazy faith 
where the rest of the people in the boat saying, I ain't getting out of this boat. No, 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 I'm not getting out, but you're the one that's saying, I'm getting out. I am tired of being confined by limited faith. Come on, Christian life. I am tired of being constricted, restricted by my little faith and my little mindset, and I am getting out of this place of comfort and this place of predictability. That's it right there. I'm getting out right now. Come on, you're going to take two steps forward and you're going to throw your hands in the air and say, I am about to step out on crazy faith. I am going to begin to speak those things that are not as though they were. I am about to do things for the the kingdom of God uh, that I never thought I had the ability to do, that I never thought I was called to do, that I never thought that I was anointed to do. I'm going to do it by faith tonight because Jesus is saying, come. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come on. We're not going to live in fear of our finances anymore. We're not going to live in fear of our aches and pains anymore. We're not going to live in fear of dying anymore. Yeah. Somebody talking tongues. Somebody talking tongues right now. Somebody talking tongues right now. 